Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. And before the episode begins, I would just like to let you know that Be Scared, which is produced along with Studio 71, features scary stories from around the globe on a weekly basis that aim to fuel your nightmares with a smile. And if you enjoy the podcast, it would be great if you could hit that subscribe button and drop a review. Thanks for listening guys, and without further ado, let's begin. So this happened seven and a half years ago, June 23rd, 2016, while I was cleaning out my house. I was renting out a house for a year, and the year was almost up at this point. I wasn't going to be living there the next year, so it was time for me to start cleaning out and moving my stuff to my next place. The house that I had at the time was fairly small, but there was plenty of space just for me. I lived there by myself and I had just finished cleaning out the living room, other than some basic furniture, and I had moved on to clean the kitchen at this point. There were quite a few cabinets in this kitchen, so many that I didn't use a good number of them. I was looking through some of the ones that I didn't use to make sure that there was nothing that I had in them. One of them I opened up and I saw something in the back corner. It looked like some type of shirt or rag or something. I grabbed it and saw that I didn't think that it was mine. But when I moved it, it revealed a small white lever that I could just barely see. The cabinet was in the corner, sort of by the sink and halfway blocked by the stove. I honestly thought that it was just another pipe, but it just looked a a little bit different to me, I suppose. 
I got inside and had to crawl inside the cabinet, which was pretty large. Once I got inside, I saw there was a small trap door to the side, leading into the wall. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. I mean, you had to be completely inside in order to see the detail of it, and I decided to open the door, which led to an extremely narrow hallway with a sort of crawl space. But when I got further inside, I was horrified. I saw that there was food, as well as several blankets, as if someone had been living inside of there. The good news, at least to me, is that whoever was in there was obviously gone. I tried to make sense of it and figure out how long the person had been there and how I didn't know about it. I was gone from the house a lot with work, I suppose, and other stuff, but I just didn't know how it was possible for someone to live in there without me knowing. In any case, I continued cleaning until it got pretty late and the next day after work, I continued. I was still kind of in shock with finding a secret room in my house and decided to look at it once again. I opened the cabinet and went inside, then I pulled the lever open just like I had the previous day. But this time, as soon as I opened it, I saw movement and then saw a person for a split second. They slammed the door back shut on me and I immediately turned and ran all the way out of my house to my car and then called the police. I was so scared that I started driving away as well. I opened up my phone and told the police the whole situation. They came to my house a short time later to find that whoever had been in there was now gone. I was absolutely disgusted knowing that, that this random person had access to my house for who knows how long. It felt like a vivid nightmare that I needed to wake up from. When I opened my phone to call the police, it showed the date was June 23rd, 2016, and I still remember this date, seven years later. It stayed with me like a scar, a scar that I don't know if I will ever really heal from. Luckily for me, I moved out the next week. I really don't know how long the person was living in my secret room, but thankfully it never gave me a problem. Apartments.com believes that a dishwasher does more than just clean plates. It turns your whole place into a time machine by turning the time that you would have spent washing dishes into extra time for you. That could mean more time to read, more time to knit, or more time to contemplate the vastness of time itself. With Apartments.com, finding somewhere to live with an elusive dishwashing slash time expanding device is easy. Apartments.com hosts the most rental listings with over 1 million available units. And with comprehensive search tools and instant alerts, you never have to worry about missing out on the perfect place. To find whatever you're searching for and more, visit Apartments.com, the place to find a place. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now, all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. 
Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. I've lived on this property since I was two years old. And when I was little, I thought that it was normal to play with people who weren't really there. I thought that it was normal to play with people who weren't really there. I guess I chalked it up to being what imaginary friends meant. As I got older, I stopped playing so much. I got tired and was a typical moody teen. But I never mentally stopped thinking of the people that I played with as spirits and ghosts. I also never told anyone about this. But here's where things got weirder. I'm mentally ill and I experience hallucinations. I also have a form of disassociative identity disorder. At the time, I was the only personality and I had just started recovering memory of being a system, trauma reasons. So when I started hallucinating figures and feeling people in my head, I thought it was just the system reforming. Around the same time, my older brother's life partner came to visit. She actually sees an FBI psychic fairly often apparently and for years the psychic had been asking if she knew of a specific property. You may see where this is going, but sure enough, the property that they'd been talking about for years is the same one that I grew up on and live on still. A fun fact about the area that we live, we're only a few miles away from the old asylum. It is appropriately spooky feeling, even if it looks normal, but the FBI psychic and my sister-in-law asked to do a cleansing on the property. So the whole family ends up working out there where the corners of our property are and bringing containers of salt there. Sister-in-law warns us that we might feel weird that night as they do the cleansing. That night I get really, really sick as well. I sleep poorly, have hot flushes and nightmares and when I wake up in the morning I suddenly feel lighter and emptier than I've ever felt before. I also no longer from that point on felt or hallucinated ever again. I spent the entire morning trying to wrap my head around the idea that my brain was apparently haunted or something. We later heard from the psychic and my sister-in-law that our property became a place of solace for spirits from the asylum apparently and they helped the spirits move on to heal. Later, my sister-in-law came and found me she told me that the spirits I played with as a kid wanted me to know that they'd apparently come back one day to say goodbye properly. She also told me that my biological maternal grandma was watching over me, but she also tried to kidnap me when she was alive, so I mostly ignored that part. But the weird thing is that, like I said, I'd never told any of this to anyone. It was really nice to know, though, that the people that I played with were actually real, that they came here to feel safe, that they cared about me as much as I adored them as a kid. Also, I now have the best wild story to tell at parties, I suppose. No one can beat, yeah, my brain was haunted for a bit. 
I live about a 10 to 15 minute walk away from the beach and I made a point to walk to the beach more since it's been so hot lately. Anyway, I was with my sister and we had just come back from the beach. We passed this weird looking guy. He had scruffy hair and was wearing no shirt and giving a bit of a weird vibe. My dog, large German Shepherd, started going crazy though, barking and growling and I had to get my sister to help hold my dog back from this guy. He said to me, there's a big snake in the bush over there, you know, and pointed to it. I sort of nodded and we kept walking. He walked in the direction of the beach and we kept going on our way, but we started going a fair bit faster at this point because that guy was pretty creepy and we wanted to get out of there. We made it to this point where we have to wait a couple of minutes across the road because of cars and that guy, I kid you not, comes out of the bushes, like emerges from nowhere. That means that he must have seen us, pretended to walk away and then immediately cut through the bushes and started following us. We then started walking home and he kept following us, sticking a few meters to the left. I then said in a loud voice, I think that weird guy's following us, and he immediately turns around, walks up to this path that he already passed and goes up it. We were pretty sure that he was still watching us and following us, so we made a plan to go a different direction, so as not to let him know where we live. We did circles for a bit, and then we went to our house and told our parents about what had happened. They were obviously pretty concerned about the whole thing and we did circles for a bit and when we were confident that he was gone, we then went to our house and told our parents about what had happened. I was sleeping in my dorm room and I was alone and suddenly I woke up in the middle of the night and I couldn't move. I've had sleep paralysis a few times before, so I didn't really care too much and I tried to fall back to sleep again. Also, I have my bed against the wall. After almost 20 or so seconds, I then started hearing footsteps which were coming from the other side of the wall. They were not normal footsteps though, they sounded like someone was jumping aggressively or walking in a, a very weird manner. I was still sort of paralyzed throughout the experience, but... I tried to bang on the wall as I thought that the girl from the other room is doing it intentionally. So I tried moving my hand, but I failed. Then I could hear those footsteps in the front of my bed, in my feet's direction, and they were ascending towards my head side. I could hear loud breathing now, and at that, I started to get scared. I had another bed on my right side, which was empty. I looked through the side of my eye, and... I could see the mattress which had dents on it, as if someone was standing on the bed and, and suddenly I could feel that someone had just started jumping on that bed aggressively. I was absolutely terrified and I was about to have a heart attack then and there it felt, but slowly I got released from, well, the paralysis I guess you could say and I could still see those feet jumping on that bed though. I suddenly started chanting some mantras and it then disappeared and the curtains moved. I checked the time and it was 3.45 in the morning. I sat there for a bit, rubbing my eyes and wondering if I had just seen what I had seen. 
I still get shivers when I share this. I'm a religious person and I didn't really believe in the paranormal, but I am a thousand percent sure that there was something very bad and very negative there that day, jumping on that bed. I could sense the negativity around me for the entire time and I have never felt this sort of negativity ever in my entire life. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Long ago on a pretty terrifying night, I had the most chilling experience that I have ever had. I was 15 years old, living in a small quiet town where everybody knew each other. It was a, a peaceful place, or so I thought at least, until that night. But my parents were away for the weekend, leaving me in the care of my older sister, Emma. She was 16 and loved the idea of being in charge. That night, we decided to watch a movie and halfway through there was a knock at the door. Emma paused the movie... We thought that it was just a neighbor or a friend perhaps, but when she opened the door, there was nobody there. We shrugged it off and went back to watch our movie. We weren't too bothered because we thought that it was just some of the other kids playing pranks or whatever. Later that night, I woke up to a weird tapping sound on my window. I must admit that I was a bit scared because of the dark, but I mustered up the courage to peek through the blinds. And there, in the dim moonlight, I saw someone or something in all black standing in our backyard just staring at the house. Upon seeing the figure, my heart began to race. I ran to Emma's room and I woke her up. When we both looked again, the figure was gone. The next day, we told our parents about the incident, but they said that it was probably just a lost traveler or maybe a neighbor's guest or whatever but I couldn't shake off the feeling that something just wasn't right. The following night, the tapping, it returned, more persistent this time. It sounded like someone was intentionally trying to scare us at this point. I told Emma and she called our parents, but there was no answer. We were alone again and we were scared. Emma decided to call the police, but as soon as she picked up the phone, the tapping stopped. We felt relieved, but still a bit uneasy. We tried to sleep, but a sudden loud bang from downstairs jolted us both awake. Emma quickly grabbed a flashlight, and we tiptoed downstairs to see what the noise was. The living room was just a mess. Books from the shelves were thrown onto the floor. The couch cushions were scattered everywhere. And then, then we heard a whisper... A faint, eerie voice coming from the kitchen. It was singing a slow, sort of haunting tune. Emma signaled for us to sneak back upstairs, but as we turned, the kitchen light flicked on by itself. Upon seeing that, we bolted upstairs, locked ourselves in my room and pushed my dresser against the door. 
We huddled together, listening as footsteps started coming up the stairs, slow and heavy. They stopped right outside of my room. The doorknob rattled gently, then more violently. We were trembling, holding each other tightly. The house then went silent for a moment. Then, a voice, soft and raspy, spoke from the other side of the door. I know you're in there, it said. We did not dare to respond. Then the sound of footsteps receded. We stayed awake the whole night. We were scared to even breathe, to be honest. In the morning, our parents came back and found us asleep in my room, the dresser still blocking the door. We explained everything and they called the police. The officers found no sign of forced entry, but they did find footprints outside, beneath my window and around the house. After that incident, my parents installed security cameras and an alarm system. The police patrols in our area increased as well, but the scariest part was that they never really caught anyone. Sometimes when I'm alone, I still hear a faint tapping and I freeze, wondering if it's just my imagination or if whatever that was has returned. This was during the pandemic in San Francisco. The streets were a lot more bare than usual that day. I had recently moved to my new apartment in Knob Hill from the notorious Tenderloin District, which actually wasn't as terrible as it said, but I was still very happy to leave nevertheless. One night though, I was feeling a little bit nostalgic and missing the beer prices, so I wandered the street down to TL. I always wear headphones while walking, but... This evening there was an inner voice that told me to turn them down and keep my eyes out. It was about 10pm and I listened to that voice but with little caution. I got down to my old hood, deep within the craziness where the only sign of the pandemic was masks on everybody's faces. I buy my 40 ounce of St. Ides and I head back up the steep hill to California Street to get home. Lo and behold, a few blocks out of the hood... I feel this dude behind me first. Even though the sidewalk is completely empty, I move to the side to let him pass, but guess what? He doesn't. I turn to see, well, his junk in his hand, trying to rub it all up on me. I scream at him and he scurries like a roach into the shadows. Mind you, the streets are getting real steep at this point. He's a bit chubby, so I'm like, let's book it up these hills. I get a few blocks up and like 30 floors later and no one is behind me. I breathe a sigh of relief and maybe I can just walk home now. When all of a sudden, like the Terminator I swear, he appears from beneath the streetlight and starts coming after me faster than ever. I pick up my pace feeling like I'm in the worst dream ever or some horror movie but then realize that what I'm doing is the wrong move. So I stop and I start screaming, but look around and there's not a soul. The streets were completely dead, and that really scared me. He started cornering me into this wall with his junk still out, and suddenly I remember to act like I saw a bear, like be big and yell, make them afraid of you. So I made myself as big as I could and crazy and pulled out my 40-ounce bottle and I said, I'm going to kill you. 
I did end up with a few scratches and bruises, but it worked. That creep eventually ran off. Even still, I ran off scared as well, looking behind me every other moment, until I got to my favorite place, Ina Coolbrith Park, and I waited, shaking until I was sure that that psycho wasn't following me before I went home. Moral of the story, I suppose, treat your aggressor like a bear if you can. So about five years ago now, I lived in a flat. I'm from the UK, so a flat is basically an apartment. It was just me and my dad that lived there, and my dad has always been a workaholic, so he was away for weeks at a time. Weeks alone, which I'd have to fend for myself at 13. I didn't have any issue with this, to be honest, as I loved the independence, and I loved feeling like I had my own place as well. But I'll admit that I was a little bit lonely. I mean, I didn't have any friends at the time, my parents had just separated, and my mum didn't want much to do with either of us, so I never really saw her. Anyway, a couple of months after moving in, I was home alone. My dad had just gone away for work for whatever reasons, and he wouldn't be back until the weekend. Everything was going fine. There were no issues at all until I got tired and I went to bed that night. I wasn't deliriously tired or anything. I am an insomniac though, so sleep just sort of evades me most of the time. What I mean is that I'll feel tired until my head hits the pillow and then my brain comes to life and just will not shut off. But I shut all the lights off, got into bed and I looked over at the foot of it. And when I did, that's when I noticed that Something was stood there. It wasn't a person and there were no features. It was just some sort of, like, shadow stood, not moving, at the end of my bed. I freaked out, obviously, and tried the whole thing of closing my eyes and opening them, etc. He disappeared when I opened them again, but I could still feel eyes on me. Naturally, I assumed that I was just paranoid about being home alone even though I was completely used to it at this point and never freaked out or worried about it before. So I put the light back on and I went to sleep. I tried not to think about it, went to school the next day, just got on with life, stuff like that. I mean, I've always had a strong imagination anyway, so it was probably all just in my head. But he was there the next night too, stood at the foot of my bed looking at me. I could feel his eyes on me before I saw him. He had no face, just some sort of silhouette, but I could feel it. I don't know how else to describe the way it felt, but the way I knew something was there was weird, even if I wasn't looking at it at first. It was terrifying, but I was, I don't know, I felt comforted maybe, almost by him being there. It didn't feel like this shadow wanted to kill me or whatever. More like he was watching over me, perhaps. I don't know. It's weird, and I've never been able to properly explain it. I've always brushed this off as just some kind of sleep paralysis, but I was never asleep when I saw him. I was never tired or unable to move, never fresh from a nap or something like that. I'd be fully conscious, and he would just suddenly be there, 
Like I said, he wasn't threatening and I learned to live with it. Seeing him whenever the lights went out and I was home alone was always a bit of a fright, but I got used to it. But then, the second one appeared. The second one was smaller, and the only way that I can describe it is by saying that he reminded me vividly of the mum from Hereditary when she's crouched on the ceiling. He stayed in my peripheral at all times as well, which was very unnerving, and he first started showing up in the bathroom. I'd be using the toilet and he would be there, waiting for me. He felt threatening, like he was ready to pounce at any given moment, and it panicked me so badly that I often refused to use the bathroom, wash myself or brush my teeth, because he was always in there, even when the light was on. The worst part though was that I could hear his feet against the ceiling as he sort of chased me whenever I ran out of the bathroom. Like the sound of someone running after you, but his hands and feet were against the ceiling, so it was more like an animal chasing you. I was absolutely terrified of him, and I never got used to it. I lost a lot of sleep over that period of time and continued for about six months. Until suddenly, they just stopped. I didn't see either of the shadow things anymore, and to this day, I've never been able to explain what the heck it was. I've spoken with counselors about it, and their only response is that it's some way of my brain coping with neglect or something like that. But I just cannot help but feel like it really wasn't purely my imagination. Who knows, maybe I am crazy, or maybe there is some sort of psychological reason behind it, but... I will never be able to forget the sound of rapid footsteps behind me like that, or the feeling of eyes crawling all over me like a thousand bugs as I slept. I've since stopped talking to friends about it because they think that I'm an undiagnosed schizophrenic or something. But there's something inside of me that just cannot accept my imagination, curating all of that. So, am I crazy? And if I'm not... Well, what the heck were they? I'm a girl living in Northern Europe. I won't go into too much detail as to where this happened because I don't want people to recognize me from this story. This story, though, takes place in October when I had a part-time job in this research center. This was in a bigger city, not like in the middle of it, but... It was a 30-minute bus ride from where I lived at the time. Keep in mind, too, that the workplace was in an industrial estate, so the only people that really spent time in the area were the workers from these companies. I worked all three shifts, morning, evenings, and nights, but I did mostly night shifts because none of my co-workers really wanted them, and I'm a bit of a night owl anyway, so that 10 p.m. to 6 a.m. shift worked really well for me. Now, this happened on one of those night shifts. It was a Thursday night and I was one of the three workers there that night. We didn't work together. We all were in our own sort of departments doing different kinds of work. Also far from each other in the building. I worked at a chem lab doing water analysis, so it was not any kind of customer service job. We were basically all alone and it got usually really quiet and rather peaceful. We had no security guards, but it was pretty much impossible to enter the building without an identification card. 
All doors were locked and everyone that worked there had these cards where you hold it in the sensor on the door and it opens. You also got to use the card when leaving the building as well. These locked doors were not only on the outside but also on the inside of the building as well. So if anyone somehow managed to get through the first door without the card, they couldn't really get any further into the building, to the labs for example. The door locks again immediately after you get in or out as well. Considering all of that, we never really had to worry about someone uninvited getting in, even in the night time. This particular night, I took a bus and headed to work. I greeted my co-workers that were leaving as their shifts had just ended, then met the other night shifters in the women's dressing room. All normal, I was in a good mood and so were my two co-workers. When our shift started, we parted our ways and went to different labs. I was three hours into my shift at 1am when I decided that I needed to take a 20 minute break. The two co-workers had went to their break earlier than me so I had to go alone this time. Our break room was this sort of lounge area where there was a couple of long tables, chairs, mini kitchen and a bathroom. I'm not gonna lie, this big hall with old flickering ceiling lights was not my favorite place to be alone at one in the morning when the whole building is almost empty and it's pitch black outside. There were big windows in the lounge but I couldn't see anything out of them, just darkness pretty much. There was always this same eerie vibe at night, so I was used to it, I guess. Five minutes into my break, I decided that I was going to go outside to smoke a cigarette. I put on a jacket, took my stuff with me, and opened the door with the card. Now, we had this sort of smoking place in the back of the parking lot, about one minute walk from the door. If I said I wasn't scared to be alone in an empty parking lot at night as a young girl, I definitely would be lying. This was the only thing I really did not like about the night shifts, but I really needed that cigarette. Nothing bad had ever happened before, and I live in a generally safe country, so I basically just hoped for the best. But there was this really nasty-looking white plastic chair in the smoking place. I sat in it, and I lit my cigarette. From the smoking place, I could see clearly to the entrance of the building. There were bright lights above the door. Usually, I just stared at that door without even noticing it. I mean, it was a night in the industrial estate area and there were not many interesting things to really look at. When all of a sudden, I noticed a person walking up to the door. It was a man in a trench coat and a top hat holding a briefcase. I had never seen this man before in my work or anywhere near this place. This man stood still in front of the door, not moving at all, facing the door. Even though nothing seemingly bad had happened yet, just a weird man standing by the door, I cannot even explain in words how scared I suddenly become. I had to somehow get past that man to get back inside. He doesn't know that I'm here, he didn't see me, but what if he does something to me when I'm trying to get inside? Is he trying to get inside? What does he want and who is he? This was the only door where I could enter the building from outside, so really I had no choice but to try and ignore that man on the door and get inside. But what on earth is this weirdly dressed man doing in this area at one o'clock in the morning of all times? There is clearly something that he wanted from us and 
I wasn't even sure if I wanted to know what that was. I started walking towards the man in the door while he was still standing, not knowing that I'm here in the parking lot. The closer that I got though, the more scared I got. I had to stop and think again. I knew that it was part of my job to confront unwanted people, trying to get in and tell them how to contact our customer services, but keep in mind, this is one in the morning. A weird man who appeared out of thin air and an 18-year-old girl alone? I had this gut feeling that I should not go to that door. I decided to call my co-worker that was there that night and ask if she could meet me at the door and let me in so I didn't need to face this man alone. So I went and hid behind my co-worker's car that was in a parking lot to make a call. I was hiding behind the car in this position where I could still see this man through the car windows. I wanted to see if he would leave and if he did where he would go. My co-worker answers the call and when I start whispering in the phone and explaining the situation, I watch in horror as the man turns around and stares right at the car that I was now hiding behind. I don't know if he actually saw me, I don't think that he did, but he for sure heard that there was a woman talking behind this car. And what happened next was honestly straight out of a horror film. When this man found out that there was someone behind the car, he started slowly and quietly approaching me, not knowing that I could see him through the window. But here's the thing. He didn't walk. He didn't run. Instead, he was on all fours, crawling towards the car. I couldn't even scream. I mean, I just froze from fear and the phone dropped from my hand. When this man was getting closer to the car, I see both of my co-workers opening the door, waving and screaming at me to run and come in. And they did not need to tell me twice. I ran inside quickly, so fast the man didn't even have time to react. And when he got up and started running after me, the door was suddenly closed. The second that he heard the door lock itself, he then just suddenly turned around and started speed walking away, eventually disappearing into the darkness. We called the cops immediately and... They came not long after. They didn't find anything or anyone. That man just disappeared as fast as he had appeared and no one has seen him since. After the shift, my co-workers walked me to the bus stop and they waited with me till the bus arrived, making sure that I got home safely. I am forever thankful though to these lovely women for opening the door for me before that man got me and... Who knows what he would have done to me. I haven't done any night shifts after that and for sure I never will ever again. G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Be Scared podcast. And please don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss next week's episode too. Also, it would be much appreciated if you could share this new podcast with your friends and family and on social media too. Thanks again for listening, guys, and I'll see you mates in the next one. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. 
It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.